Hello everyone and welcome to JTalk Extra Time, some J2 chat coming your way very shortly. I'm John Steele, hosting the pod uh, this week, and James Taylor's with me uh, to talk all things J2. James, how are you doing? I'm alright, thanks John. Uh, it started snowing here a couple of days ago and uh, it hasn't stopped, so uh, yeah, looking forward to the uh, the autumn to spring football season. How about you? Uh, yeah, no, that, sound, that sounds delightful. I'm sure a thermal, <laughs> thermal underpants uh, sales are going through the roof. Uh, no doubt at the moment in Canada, James. Yeah, all good here. Um, b- bright sunshine as we speak in uh, in the Yokohama Yokohama area. But um, yeah, my uh, my week uh, was interesting. I, I discovered a streaming service that was worse than DAZN when I, I tried to log into the FIFA Plus uh, app to watch uh, Urawa's Club World Cup game uh, against uh, Club mm-hmm. Leon. But that, that's that's probably a story for another time. But uh, yes, I'm basically fine. And uh, yeah, just recovering from a very hectic uh, J2 season, to be honest, like uh, like yourself. So we we tried to record this uh, this chat a few times last week, didn't we? And we were defeated at every every turn by by real life. So we're getting together. Um, we'll pull back the curtain. So it's Monday morning uh, as, as we're recording this this pod, uh, quite mm. close to lunchtime or possibly elevenses. But uh, yeah, uh, it's good good to finally get you, James. I was a bit worried we were we were never gonna never gonna have a chance to talk again. So without further ado, James, what we're gonna do on the show this week we don't have a j2 fixtures to uh to review because we're, we're in the into the winter break now but we will talk about one j2 team uh first of all van Frey kofu because they've uh completed their uh, acl group stage campaign uh with a, a game last week away at buram and they've uh they've stormed into the the knockout stage by winning uh 3-2 so uh, we, we should give them some love uh, and some attention on the pod this week um so yeah the game finished buram 2 uh, Kofu 3 James and there was an amazing first half for the J2 side who were absolutely rampant weren't they Motoki Hasegawa missed a header early on and then he put Kofu in front midway through the half he uh, charged down a clearance from the last Buriram defender and then uh, made his way into the penalty area and curled the ball in from about 16 yards then it was 2-0 in the 38th minute. Peter Utaka pulled down a left-wing cross inside the area, which bamboozled the two defenders on top of him. And then he managed to place the ball into the net from about six yards. I've written Burkamp in my notes for this because it did, mm. did remind me of the sort of thing Dennis Burkamp might do. So, uh, yeah, yeah. F- fantastic goal from Utaka to make it too. And, uh, yeah, Kofu were, were rampant, as mentioned. Riku Ijima hit the post with a shot from outside the box. And then it was 3-0 right on half-time with Utaka just tapping in at the far post uh, after a corner had been uh, deflected into his path across the penalty area. So it seemed like Kofu were absolutely cruising, but it's a J-League team we're talking about, so they made things interesting just three minutes into the second half. And uh, bear with me with the pronunciation here. Artit Boonjinja raced clear and then poked through Kohei Karata's legs to pull a goal back for the home side uh, right at the start of the second half, so it was 3-1. Suddenly, in the uh, 55th minute, it was 3-2, Kofu conceding yet another one of these, what I like to call modern handball penalties, uh, James. Uh, Shion, uh, Shion Inoue was penalised this time, wasn't he, when the ball hit his arm as he tried to block a shot, so that was a penalty. Goran Kauzic uh, put that into the back of the net, so uh, yeah, it was 3-2 suddenly, and uh, all, all hands to the pumps for Kofu, but they held firm, uh, helped by some pretty good saves from Kawata, it has to be said, as Buriram pressed, and uh, it turned out to be a great win, so Buriram two Kofu three and uh, Kofu are the group winners uh, and uh, can look forward to the, the the draw for the knockout stage coming up at the end of the month so uh, James absolutely astonishing stuff really from uh, from Kofu yeah it's amazing this is an amazing time never, never end for Kofu and going on this second consecutive year they've had a sort of a, a fantastic performance in one of the the knockout competitions um, going three nil up away 
by half time is is scarcely believable. Um, and then to hold on as well to to get the win to win the group. Not only did they win the group, but they had the most wins in the group, um, and they scored the most goals, which is good. And they had the best goal difference, so they clearly deserved to finish top. And I think uh, I was really pleased to see Kohei Kawata back in goal. Mm. I thought in the sort of the first half of the season he was one of the the, the better performing goalies in J2, and uh, then got injured. And uh, when Michael Wood stepped in for the ACL games, and he's he's done really well. But yeah, I was pleased to see Kawata back. He made some really good saves, like you said. Um, I think this is going to put Kofu in quite an interesting situation again, and as a lot of their players as well. Like last year, they won the Empress Cup, which meant they qualified for the ACL. So players will have to decide do they want to stay to play in that competition or do they want to move to another club and you know maybe move move up the, the the food chain so to speak but now because this competition the knockout stage is not until mid-february it's two-legged um match i think yeah middle of february so it might be the week before the j league season is going to start probably mm-hmm. thereabouts mm-hmm. now players for example like uh motoki hasegawa who surely will be of interest to a lot of other J2 teams and J1 teams, he may have to decide, does he want to move on or does he want to stay at Kofu for another year to play in the ACL a bit more and you know help them with a, another promotion push? And also I think this shows that the, um, the business they did in the mid-season transfer window, strengthening, adding the likes of Cristiano and um, uh, uh, Matsuda, mm. Well, I think these were good, good decisions because it's it saw them. They almost made the playoffs in J two. They won the group in the ACL. So I think, yes, yeah, it's just fantastic. This is amazing stuff. Yeah, I think um, I, I have to eat some uh, humble pie, and I'm perhaps not the only one. When I saw, do you remember when they their first game was away at Melbourne? Melbourne, as that, my pronunciation needs to be corrected. I know Melbourne. Yeah, and uh, they picked a kind of second string team. Mm. And we were kind of scratching our heads as to like, why would you make such a big deal of qualifying for the mm. ACL and then kind of basically throw it throw it away uh, mm. on match day one? But we uh, it's been proven uh, yeah again, James, that maybe these professional football managers know a bit more than we do um, about the relative strengths of the teams. Well, uh, yeah, and uh, they they've I mean navigated the group with very few uh, hitches, I think. Mm. Um, and I believe they're the first ever team from outside a top division to make it to the next round of the the Champions League, aren't they? Um, so uh, yeah, that there aren't any there aren't any negatives. I, I think you're right to point out that um, success creates its own problems for a, a, a smaller team, doesn't it? And yeah, the, the the players that will, I mean, I think a lot of the players that you mentioned, like Hasegawa, will have already been on other teams' radars, but they will be like more on the radar, or the the blip will be bigger. How how do we? Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, yeah, I think I, I think I think one possible uh, worry for me from Kofu's point of view might be that they, I imagine most of these players would want to stay and continue that kind of ACL adventure uh, in the mm. knockout stage, and then that means they'll sign on at Kofu again for next season for twenty twenty one. But when the summer transfer window oh, rolls around, yeah. um, if they are out of the ACL and potentially mid table in J two. Can mm. can you say no? You know, if Urawa want to take Motoki Hasegawa, then Kofu are in an extremely weak position. Mm. So I think a possible outcome is 
Kofu sort of starting the J2 season well with all these players and probably new players added, by the way. Uh, mm. But then we, it'll be very interesting to see what the summer transfer window looks like in terms of are you, you know, 14th in J2, but having the ACL is, is more attractive to a Hasegawa star player than being 14th with no ACL. Uh, and no, no prospect of being in it the following year, probably either at Kofu. So, yeah, I think it's a really interesting situation to be in. But I think they they've shown themselves to be uh, to be wily when it comes to team selection and, and squad rotation, etc. In the ACL thus far, and they've they, to be honest, it really makes a mockery of the amount of times. I mean, you, you've been a J League follower for a long time, like me. So many J One teams who just really messed up the group stage haven't they? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, gone out w- without winning many games. So for, for them to have just come in um, cold, if you like, um, and, and to go through as group winners is, is astonishing. I like to think as well that maybe their main motivation was just like not making us have to do complicated maths. Um, you know, because I, I think, I, I don't know about you, but I was very fearful that they were going to end up on the same points as like two or three other teams in like second place. Mm. And then there will be some complex kind of algorithm required to uh, to work out who'd qualified and, and who hadn't. But um, so, thankfully, they they did enough in the first half at Buriram to uh, to get the job done. And it was a bit of a weird atmosphere, wasn't it? Because I think the the kickoff was very early for this game, mm. and it was sun. It was kind of daytime kickoff, and the stadium was about you know three quarters empty at kickoff. Mm. So um, not quite the you know it is called the Thunder Castle, but it wasn't. It was more like the Thunder Bouncy Castle, really, in terms of the, there was there was very little intimidation factor um, mm. for Kofu, and they they just kind of played their usual game and, and got the job done. So yeah, well done to all involved, and I think we are we are heading for a really interesting uh, February. I think the draw for the next round is actually on December twenty eighth, so we, yeah. we'll know we'll know who Kofu and, and the other J League teams have got at that time, and then they, they can start planning. But uh, yeah, really really interesting. Uh, Interesting state of affairs, and we've got to say well done to to Kofu. I didn't think after seeing that kind of starting lineup from the first game away at Melbourne to now is a, is an amazing amazing uh, journey mm-hmm. they've taken us on. So, um, yeah, oh, right, one, more, one more, yeah, thing go ahead, yeah, yeah. Go on. For, oh, two more things actually. First of all, um, Peter Utaka is thirty nine, and I just check in while you were talking. I just went on transfer marks, and he plays, or he appeared in forty J League matches plus. Six ACL matches, plus the Super Cup, plus three Emperor's Cup games this year. He's still doing the business. That is incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, yeah. I I played. It's, I just I just kicked the ball around with my son at the park for about an hour yesterday, and I'm sore all over today. So yeah, that's I that's the difference. My children on on sleds yesterday. Not mm-hmm. that much, but yeah, I'm aching. Mm-hmm. So um, that is uh, an inspiration to all. Uh, middle-aged men mm. everywhere and mm. also um, just generally the Kofu are a J2 side they got into this through winning the Empress Cup I've said it before and I'll say it again this is why teams should go for it in the cup mm. the amazing things that can happen if you just try mm. instead of sacking it off because you're more worried about finishing you know mid-table in whatever division you're in mm. go for it have some fun. 
Yeah, I really wish Yokohama FC had tried a bit harder against Kochi United last season. That was uh, that was one of the, one of several very low points of uh, 2023 for me. So, yeah, no, I think that's very true. I mean, you could even boil it down to individual games. You know, go for it in individual games, go for it in cup mm-hmm. competitions, and uh, you uh, you know there are there are amazing uh, rewards on offer if you um, if you're successful. So, no, no, I totally agree. Totally agree, uh, Jim. Uh, talking of success and uh, going for it, we um, mm. we kind of prepared separately our own sort of J two teams of the season that we're we're, we're going to talk about now. If you're if you're mm. ready, uh, James, I know I know DAZN has broadcast the kind of official uh, J League um, kind of team of the season and J two awards ceremony last week out or, or the week before. Our selections are similar but a little bit different, aren't they? So um, do you want to do you want to take it? Away? Should we do kind of like um, position by position? Perhaps and yeah. start with our kind of a goalkeeper of the season for uh, for twenty twenty three and J two. So who is your who is your pick for a best uh, custodian? Uh, Matthias of Tokyo Verdi, mm. because well because he was excellent. But I looked at I looked up some some stats for him. Right, he he played forty including the the two playoff games forty four games, only conceded thirty three goals. Uh, so that they, Verdi had the best defense. Mm. He, had, he was number one in the league for clean sheets, 23 clean sheets. Mm. And uh, his, in terms of like minutes per goal against, 122 minutes per, for, for each goal against, he was only behind Koki Fukui of Machida, but Fukui only played 11 games. Mm. So of the regular starters, Matthias was the best. And he saved two out of six penalties as well, just as an extra boost. Mm. So, yeah, I think he was a clear... Uh, number one for me. What about you? Uh, yeah, I've also chosen Matthias. So uh, mm. yeah, ho- ho- hopefully this segment gets more interesting as as it progresses. But um, yeah, I don't, I don't <laughs> think there's any. Um, there were some. There were some good goalkeeping performances. I think Shuichi Gondo was picked in the official J two yeah. uh, team of the season. Honestly, I didn't really agree with that. I don't think he uh-huh. was particularly outstanding. Um, but I think you mentioned you highlighted the, the stats of Matthias, but also I think his. Um, presence in the team was really important, something which is not as easily measurable, uh, you know, yeah. by any kind of a statistical kind of metric. Uh, but uh, yeah, I thought he was excellent, and without him, I'm not. There's no doubt in my mind that that Verdi would wouldn't have got promoted. So um, yeah, it has to be Matthias for me. And uh, yeah. yeah, I'm really looking forward. I'm, I'm hopeful. I think he will stay at, at Verdi for next year uh, as they challenge uh, challenge the big boys in J1. I'm really looking forward to see how he gets on because I think he he's also a player that like because he wasn't that impressive when he first joined, uh, and no. he's really improved in in every area. I know he had that. He was invited to train with Brazil's national team, wasn't mm. he? When they when they came uh, came to play a friendly against Japan, and uh, whether that was something that, that that kind of boosted him well i'm sure it would be i a think boost. it was yeah because um, one of the the articles that sean carroll wrote recently was uh just before the the playoff final i think and he, he had quotes from 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 matthias and he said um well the attitude of verdi has changed over the the time that he's been there mm. been more focused on on pushing for promotion and mm. winning mm. and um also yeah when he was invited to that training camp it really um mm. i I remember if he said like boosted his confidence or kind of like lit a spark under him and he really was able to push on from there mm, mm. yeah it's never it's, it's never going to hurt to be asked if you want to come and train with Brazil I suppose <laughs> so uh, yeah well it, it would it would be bad for me to be honest it would, it would crush that would be like it for me like, I can't 
I can't play football after playing with these people. But uh, yeah, obviously we're talking about levels, uh, James. Here, so um, okay. Mm. What about defenders? Uh, then I uh, I've gone for a um, sort of three back system. So I've got, I've picked three defenders. But then what what, mm. what about you? Who's it? Who's it? Who's in your kind of back line for team of the season? Well, I, I've I've picked four. I've done a four four two because it's all I know after <laughs> seven years watching uh, Kanazawa under Yanagista. Yeah. But um, I, I I tell you my. My centre backs, I've got uh, Ricardo Grassa of Iwata, mm-hmm. and uh, who was also in the J League's choice, and Daisuke Suzuki of Jeff. Mm-hmm. My centre backs. Okay. Um, okay. And because they're both uh, in, I, I checked the games that they played. They were both uh, part, you know, partly responsible for twelve clean sheets. Right, their their teams. Kept clean sheets twelve times while they were in the in the team. Then at right back, I've got Ryota Takada of Akita, mm. who uh, I mean Akita were the sixth best defense in the league. Um, the, I mean their their defense is legendary, but right. And um, he was uh, four assists as well from forty games, which which I think is is quite good for a team that, let's be honest, is not particularly uh, not assist heavy. Yeah, I'm trying to think of a, a yeah a way to say not not the most uh, vibrant or incisive attacking force. Mm. And on the left, uh, Oita's Keita Takahata, who uh, I think Oita, yeah, they started really well and fell away. But I, I wanted to have someone in from from them because I thought they 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 did pretty well. And he um, four goals and five assists over the season, and and was quite. Highly ranked for for last passes, um, which I, I, I guess is quite important. Um, mm. It shows that he's um, you know joining the the attacks or, or participating in the attacks. So that was my back four: Takahata, Grasa, Suzuki, and Takada. What about you? Mm, yeah, no, I think those are really good calls, especially in the fullback positions. I also have Ricardo Grasa in my team. Um, I, I think Iwata uh, deserves some recognition for having a you know really good season. Obviously, uh, it, it perhaps more impressive than expected and finishing second. I think he was a big part of that. Very modern centre back in the sense that he turns up in the other team's box not only at corners and free kicks, but sometimes just randomly on the edge of the box. And, just uh, cool for a walk. Yeah, he, he well he helps a lot with the build up, and uh, he yeah. he was a, a key in both boxes. I think. Um, this mm. season I'm also racking my brains I can't remember him doing a particularly massive cock up during the season which sounds yeah. like a low bar but by J2 centre back standards if you can get through the number of games that he played which I think was about 38 without a, a rick that I can remember that, that led to a goal I think you've, you've had a pretty good season um, so I wanted to recognise Iwata and I think he, he was the uh, the standout defender in their, in their back line so he's in my team as well um, I've also got Kazuya Miyahara from uh, Tokyo Verdi, Ooh, yeah. um, who I think was in the official team of the season as yeah. well. So I've, I've kind of stolen or, or, or pinched pinched that idea. Um, very, very good raiding forward and defending, quick uh, and mm-hmm. strong, uh, and uh, didn't really put a foot wrong all season uh, for me. So I really like uh, really like him, and I'll put him in. I know my, my, my back three uh, system means he might be a little bit lost because he I think he's the right back uh, by trade. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I don't really have a right back in my system, but we'll, we'll figure it out. He's a good enough player that he'll fit in. Um, and uh, yeah, I also wanted to recognise uh, Shimizu. So I have a Suzuki, but it's Yoshinori Suzuki uh, who's in, in my team, not Daisuke from uh, from Jeff. I thought he was the pick of two kind of tall, uh, strong uh, centre-backs. And I think 
by the end of the season, the other centre-back uh, whose name escapes me now, uh, he made a few too many mistakes that were mm. costly. And uh, I think Yoshino Suzuki was a bit more of a steadier uh, steadier kind of presence uh, at the back. And I, I think Shimizu's strong defensive record was more down to him than it was to Shuichi Gonda, actually. So uh, Yoshino yeah. Suzuki's in my team is uh, one, of the, one of the best defenders. So uh, yeah, three backs for me. Uh, Miyahara from Verdi. Suzuki from Shimizu, and uh, uh, like with, uh, I agree with you, James Ricardo Grassa from, from Iwata is my pick. What about in midfield? I've got four names in here, and so have you. So uh, what, what does the midfield look like? Uh, well, in the centre, I've got uh, Rei Hirakawa of Kumamoto and Motoki Hasegawa of Kofu. Um, Hirakawa, I think, Rei Hirakawa, he, the way he's uh, had to, not had to, the way he stepped up to cover after the loss of uh, Sou Kawahara last year, who, who was excellent for Kumamoto and was a huge reason why they were able to finish so high and go so far in the playoffs. And uh, he was my MVP last year and then moved to Tosu and apparently has done quite well there. Hirokawa um, was was not dragging Kumamoto around the pitch, but he was, he was leading them around the pitch and he... Uh, I mean, he had seven goals and nine assists in the league, and those nine assists is ranked third in in J two. He um, he led the league in last passes, hundred and one. The second place had seventy eight. So that shows you how how many um, good chances he's creating, or or, or you know um, attacking mm-hmm. uh, moves he was in, involved in. He also was a huge part of their Emperor's Cup run. And he scored uh, scored a goal against uh, Kolbe in the quarter final, I think it was. And uh, I think I can't remember if he scored a penalty in the shootout as well. But mm. yeah, he was massive, massive for Kumamoto this year. Um, and what's interesting, I was reading on the J League Register website about about Hirokawa. About he he's he's hardly played over the years, but so for him to kind of suddenly. You know, have to have to take on all this responsibility. Having mm. he's kind of experienced, but without actually having much match experience, it's kind of a strange situation. Mm. Um, yes, it's something yeah, that often happens to, to goalkeepers. Time. Something that often happens yeah. to goalkeepers, isn't it? Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Well, yeah, no, that's, you're right. You get a load of goalies who've been around for years, but but play like one game a, a season or something. Um, yeah, so Hasegawa as well, Motoki Hasegawa, seven goals and six assists. He he was excellent last year. He's been excellent this year. Um, and like we mentioned a little bit earlier, I'm sure he will he will be uh, the subject of a lot of interest from other clubs um, during this winter. So that's who I've got in the middle. What about you? Mm, yeah. Uh, oh, cent- centre midfield. Mm. Yes, okay. So I only have one um, sort of player in the middle. I think my team is uh, missing a handbrake, possibly, uh, as I've realised. <laughs> um, Masaya Matsumoto from Iwata uh, is my kind of uh, holding holding player in midfield. I think he had a really, really good season. Uh, eight goals, I think, possibly eight or nine goals from midfield. Played most of the games, was integral. Um, hauled, I, I think the point you made about Hirakawa of like kind of hauling the team forward sometimes at Kumamoto I think Matsumoto fits that fits that bill at Iwato as well um, and yeah I just thought he was really good and always seemed to be involved when Iwato were doing something good which was was most weeks obviously especially in the second half of the season so Masaya Matsumoto I think is, is in there for me um, do, do you want me to plough on with the rest of my midfield uh, yeah James? Cool. okay so in front of him would be three uh, three players uh, Katsuhiro Nakayama from Shimizu 
yeah. I picked down the right. I think there might be some Yokohama FC bias uh, creeping in here because mm-hmm. he, obviously Yokohama FC is where he where he came from before going to Shimizu. But I thought he was excellent, um, sort of steaming down the, the the right wing, constantly creating chances, scoring goals. I think Shimizu's midfield was so um, sort of creative that I wanted a Shimizu player in my team. But I thought because they ended up. This is the problem with individual awards in a kind of collective sport. I think because Shimizu ultimately failed, it was difficult for me to pick uh, Inui, for example. Um, So I chose Nakayama because I thought he was excellent down the right and perhaps doesn't get as much credit as he maybe deserves sometimes. Um, I've also got Hikaru Nakahara in my team of the season, Mm. which might be a controversial pick because he only arrived in, uh, in the summer transfer window. Uh, at Verdi, but I thought he scored enough goals and created enough that he um, his impact was so big that could couldn't really ignore that. Um, mm. I know I know the official J League teams has Koki Morita in uh, as a Verdi midfielder representative, mm. but I thought Nakahara was actually in terms of kind of key um, passes and goals. I think Nakahara is is perhaps the uh, you know in the tail end of the season in the run, and he was the key. So I think his relationship with Morita playing playing relationship with Morita is important, but Nakahara is the key man for me. And we might fall out here, James, so we'll see. But Thiago Alves from Yamagata is my other uh, midfielder. Ooh. That's because he is listed as a midfielder in the, the May camp. <laughs> um, but I, I think you're going to tell me that he's a striker and I, I've boobed. Um, but um, yeah, Thiago Alves, um, loads of goals, um, always a threat, very dangerous. Um, quite surprised that he wasn't sort of moved up to J1, actually, last um, last winter because I thought he'd shown enough that maybe he could play at that level. Uh, he's le- leaving uh, Yamagata now. I think he's already signed for another club outside Japan. If I'm right, I might might, might be yeah, misremembering. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, he, he's, he, I'm sad to see him go because I think he's a loss for the, for the league uh, in terms mm-hmm. of his ability. He was just a cut above uh, quite a few other midfielders. James midfielders. Chargravas is, is a midfielder. Yeah. So so my yeah. four yeah my four is uh, Masaya Matsumoto, uh, Katsuhiro Nakayama. Hikaru Nakahara and uh, Thiago Alves, the midfielder. Uh, what about you? What, what's the rest of yeah, your midfield? I'll, I'll allow that choice of midfielders. Uh, <laughs> my uh, my wingers, um, I think they can they can swap either way. I've got Ryo Sato of Gumma and mm. uh, Yu Hirakawa uh, of Machida. Mm. So I've got the um, Ryo Sato. I thought he was really impressive for Gumma. He played every game. Uh, six goals and nine assists. Uh, so same same amount of assists as Rei Hirakawa. That's uh, he was involved in thirty four percent of Gumba's goals, which is um, it's quite a lot, I think, mm. really for one mm. player. Mm. Um, he was a really good signing, a really astute signing, and he's played really well. I think he was a huge part of why Gunma were able to finish uh, in their best ever league position and, and have a, until the last few weeks of the season a realistic shot of making the playoffs mm. for the first time mm. um, so yeah he, he's a, he was a, uh, a good uh, a good performer for Gunma and in Yu Hirakawa Machida six goals and four assists from 35 games I thought he's um, in, in a team of, of quite well known um, attacking player well not just attacking player a team of quite no, well known players I thought he at the times he really stood out for you know, kind of his uh, hustle and, and vibrancy and, and he was a, a really effective um, young uh, member of their squads that, that won the league. Mm. So, yeah, for me, that's Sato, Hasegawa and the Hirakawas, don't know, uh, father and son, maybe, uh, <laughs> Rei of Komoto and Yu of Machida. Mm. Yeah. Mm. 
Mm. No, no, that that all that all makes perfect perfect sense to me. And I, I think um, I should mention Rio Sato. Something I mentioned a few times is when he was last at this level with Kitakushu. Yeah. Um, I saw a player who was trying very hard, but I just uh, I I think as I'm getting older, I just judge players very quickly. Mm. And I looked at him and I was like, this guy doesn't have it. This this guy's yeah. a J3 player. So I think um, obviously he doesn't know who I am uh, or, or anything, but um, I think he'd be very pleased to to ram that <laughs> ram that back down my throat mm. in some style this season. Mm. He's clearly proven that he's, he does have what it takes. And uh, yeah, the, I actually thought about uh, Ray Hirakawa from. Uh, Kumamoto, he was in the official team of the season, wasn't he? Yeah. So I thought about putting him in as well, but to be a contrarian, I, I left him out. Uh, mm. And then I, I also think uh, Hirakawa from uh, Machido is a good shout. I think it, we um, it's perhaps interesting that I don't have anyone from Machido's midfield in my uh, in my team. But um, yeah, I think he, he if I was to pick someone, I think he he would be the pick. So uh, yeah, no 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 arguments, no arguments at all from me. Uh, James, what about the top end of the pitch where the uh, where the magic happens? Who who have you got as your strikers? I've got uh, Juanma Delgado, of course, from Nagasaki, the top scorer, 26 goals and five assists from 36 games. And Hiro Komori of Jeff, 14 goals and three assists from 34 games. Mm. Um, Juanma, I mean, he's your top scorer, mate. I mean, you, you, you can't have to put him in, really. But mm. the way he, he scored a, a lot of different types of goal. He wasn't just, you know, kind of a one-dimensional finisher. He can score... A variety of of styles. He's you know left foot, right foot, head from close, from far. He, um, I think he, yeah, he was really, really impressive. Uh, uh, but if he does play for my team, I will have to have a word with him about the other stuff because um, just give it a rest. <laughs> um, and Cormoni as well is his first year in the J League, uh, coming from the University of uh, Health and Welfare in Niigata in the Hokushinetsu Regional League and um, yeah I thought with, with Jeff I remember this time last year we were marvelling at the fact that they'd let Solomon Sakuragawa go on loan to Okayama thinking they lost their minds mm. and as it turned out um, it worked out better for Jeff than it did for Okayama really Sakuragawa fell away very quickly mm. um, whereas Jeff Buwanaka didn't really step up but Komori did and then Hiroto Goya a little bit more as the season went on, but Komori, and a couple of times he was missing through injury, but still, after he scored, he scoring six consecutive games at the start of the yeah, year? Yeah, I think that's right, yeah, yeah. And then he was injured for a bit, and he came back, and he just carried on scoring. And then he was injured a little bit towards the end of the year, but he scored in the playoff semi-final. So, yeah, he was a really impressive um, striker for, for Jeff, and I think he was in the official selection, and I think fully deserved... Mm. Uh, mm. And also in mine, which is slightly more prestigious. Yes, of course. Any. Yeah, yeah. We're still waiting on the the broadcast deal for our uh, <laughs> our J two was, but hopefully next year, you know, we'll 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 yeah. finally be uh, be recognised ourselves. But uh, yeah, James, I can't really argue with that. I think Juanma Delgado is in my team as well uh, mm. as, as as a forward. I mean, twenty twenty six goals in the end. Yeah, um, it's you, you can't really ignore. Uh, as much as you would perhaps like to, we, we we can't ignore that. He has to be he has to be in the team of the season. Um, yeah, not just his his goals, but the the impact that ha- that has on the team. I mean, again, uh, it got shades of Kokiogawa really from Yokohama last year, where it's like without his goals, Yokohama would have been in tenth or twelfth 
uh, but ended up being second. I think Juan Mar. Uh, I don't, I don't want to say Nagasaki a one-man team. It's not the case, but they they were you know without his goals and as you mentioned, all types of goals and just his presence at the top end of the pitch. I think we're, we're kind of back to Matthias now in goals. His presence made a big difference to other players, and I think it's the same with Juan Mar from Nagasaki. And we should as well. We mentioned Utaka kind of having this. Uh, well, I don't know if Renaissance is the right word because he's always been there, but Juan Mar is his best season ever, I think, isn't it in terms of goals? Yeah. And, and yellow uh, cards. And cards, yeah. So he, um, <laughs> whatever, perhaps he started eating a uh, natto for breakfast or something. I don't know. But uh, yeah, w- whatever he's doing, uh, long may it continue. So um, yeah, it'd be very interesting if he's at Nagasaki again last year because at his age, he might be just one contract away from retirement. Mm-hmm. And if somebody uh, in J1 dangles, um, you know, a, a juicy contract carrot, would he be tempted by that? I don't know. He seems like the kind of played rock up at FC Tokyo somehow. Um, but um, we, we'll, we'll see. Um, I also have Hiro Komori in uh, in my team. I think again, um, obviously not as many goals as Juanma, but his impact was just as big, and just he can't really be ignored in the kind of team of the season conversation. Um, it's not easy to come into the team and score goals when you are a rookie. It's certainly not easy to get injured and then have a layoff and come back in and score goals again, which, as you mentioned, he was able to do that. Um, he was impressively consistent for such a young player. Um, and I think that will stand him in good stead for next year. We're, g- we're going to talk about some transfer news later, and um, I-, I hope he he is at Jeff for next year because he is the um, probably going to be one of the most important players next year as they 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 try and tilt at promotion again in twenty twenty four. My, my uh, system, and I use the term advisedly, uh, James, with inverted commas, has three strikers. Eric from Machida is the other one, oh, um, yeah. and I think he was named as player of the season. Uh, yeah. officially um, which is a bit of a weird one because I think his uh, ACL injury uh, meant that he was out from pretty much was it summer he, he got injured in summertime yeah he played maybe two thirds of the season yeah, I okay, think okay. so I think we're in, we're in the territory of like Hikaru Nakahara's in my team of the season despite only joining for like the, the, the run in, the running you know in the summer mm-hmm. transfer and Eric you could argue is um, I think he, choosing him as player of the season is, is problematic because he didn't play the whole season uh, obviously it wasn't that's mm-hmm. not his fault um, but I, I think his goals and presence up front really just put Machida in that position to go on and clinch promotion. Yeah. Um, so I think he did enough. I mean, really, he's a J1 level player. So he's almost yeah. in, we're in sort of flat track bully territory of him being in J2 in the, in the first place. But um, he, he was excellent when he was fit and available for Machida. And I think without him, they might have found it a bit tougher to get the job done and, uh, and clinch yeah. the title, which they ultimately did impressively, right, by about 10 points. But um, yeah, er- Eric's in my team as well. So Cormori, Juan Madelgado and Eric is my, my front three. Um, I'm sure yeah. they, they would terrorise most defences at, uh, at, at this level. So... Um, yeah. yeah, James. W- w- I think that's that's our that's our starting eleven. But we also we're, we went a bit mad, and we, we've got a, a manager for, for this for this team. Yep. So who is your who is your pick for manager of the season? This one, um, this was actually kind of tough because looking through, there are a lot of managers who've had impressive uh, seasons. I think for various reasons, re- re- with regards to the expectations placed upon them. Mm. And um, I was tempted to go for Tsuyoshi Otsuki of Gunma. Mm. Um, because they did so, so well this year. But in the end, after what happened, um, what, it's a couple of weeks ago now, I had to go with Hiroshi Jofuku for all the reasons we talked about when we talked about Erdi's playoff final uh, draw uh, mm. that sort of get promoted. The way he um, he really helped that team grow and develop, I think the way you, you phrased it was he actually coached. You can mm. see how he coached the team. Mm. And um, the the... The players they brought in, 
in the summer and the way he's done it on um, a very low budget mm. using a lot of young players, I think, yeah, just a, a superb achievement. So Jofuku is my manager. Mm. How about you? Okay, yeah, uh, Hiroshi Jofuku is my manager of the season as well. <laughs> yeah, um, I think... Um, this is a, this is one of these awards that I find most difficult because again, individual awards in a collective context don't really make a lot of sense. Mm. You, you can sort of pull holes in, in, in all of the arguments we've made, I think, here because it's a team sport. And it's a, I mean, if you've been, it, chat, chat GPT would tell you that, um, Gokurod is the manager of the season because his team won the league by, by 10 points, right? Um, so he, he's obviously, you know, he's been the most successful manager, but, um, I think management is about resources, is about expectation. I mean, at the start of the season, I was really worried that Verdi might be in big trouble. Um, they seem like they were going to be very short of goals and a, a, a good season might be a kind of mid table finish for them. Uh, mm. so for him to have got the team to, to J1 with, um, I mean, a small budget is quite right, a minuscule really. Um, they, they just have to rely on the fact that they're based in Tokyo and on the very edge of Tokyo at that to kind of attract people um, to, to come and play and get, get people on loan. So yeah, I think in terms of the way that the resources were used, um, he is the best manager. That, that's basically what I came down on is which manager made the most of the resources available. And I think that's yeah. Hiroshi Jofuku. So um, yeah, we, we can't really add anything to what we said in the kind of playoff final review pod, I don't think, uh, mm-hmm. James. But um, it was a tough category this year because I think we should, we should give mentions to the likes of Otsuki uh, at Gunma and uh, y- your man at Fujieda, whose name escapes me yeah. just for the moment. Sudo. Uh, Sudo, yes, thank you. Yes, okay. Yeah. And uh, even um, even uh, Yokuchi at uh, Iwata because you know, there's a lot, lot, of, uh, lot of problems placed in front of him, um, yep. you know, at the start of the season in terms of transfer ban and, uh, you know, recovering the team after relegation. So, um, yeah, plenty of uh, plenty of contenders for manager of the season this year. But Joel Fuku, I think, just about just about earned it or, or, or just about pips it for me. Um, what, what about a rookie player of the season, uh, James? The most, most impressive uh, de- debutante. Uh, I went for Komori, um, maybe for the reasons that we we mentioned just now, that to come into, uh, uh, especially a big, uh, I say Jeff is a big club, especially for J2, J2 level, to come mm-hmm. into the, that, that team and start scoring straight away and not really stop, and to end up the fourth highest scorer in the league is is uh, is excellent for a, it's excellent for any year, but even more so for your first year in professional football. Mm-hmm. Uh, who's your pick? Um, yeah, so this is perhaps going to cause some, you know, logistical uh, issues. Keisuke Goto from Iwata is Ooh, my yeah. rookie of the season. So I wanted to recognise his achievement, but I thought Komori had a more impressive season. So yeah. um, how 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 come I'm picking a rookie of the season over another rookie who is in my team of the season? Well, that's you know sometimes the best director. Oscar doesn't win Best Picture, you know that's that's kind of the, mm. the vibe I'm getting giving <laughs> off. Um, but Casey Goto, I think he he was um, Iwata are obviously short of players up front at the start of the season due to a transfer ban and uh, injuries and things. He always stepped in and he didn't look. To be honest, sometimes choosing Rookie of the Year is difficult because the, the most impressive rookies don't look, don't seem like rookies. Um, yeah. And he certainly didn't. He slotted in straight away like Komori, started scoring goals straight away like Komori. I don't think he was as consistent, which is why I think Komori's a better pick for the, the team of the season. But in terms of a kind of player to watch, uh, I would say Keisuke, it's Keisuke Goto, but he's already been moved on to, to Europe, hasn't he? 
Yeah, um, so if you so, watching, you've got to find where they're streaming that league. Yeah, so I've punished him. I've punished him for leaving too early by not having him in the team of the season, but yeah. rewarding him for his efforts by making him at rookie of the season. But I enjoyed watching. Uh, I enjoyed watching him play, and um, mm. because I'm an old sort of a cynical guy, I do really enjoy seeing these young 19, 20 year old players just 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 mixing it with the. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm not so much for the experienced, you know, elder statesmen like veteran players. Um, yeah. I, li- I like to see young, hungry players um, doing well, and uh, he was the—he epitomised that, as did Cormori. So it's really tough to pick between them. I think we should probably have given them a joint award in the end. Um, mm. But uh, Keisuke Goto is my, my rookie of the, the season. Um, pl- player of the season overall, James. I'll go first because I've got a really boring pick. Yeah, um, I couldn't look beyond Tuanma um, mm. for the reasons that we kind of outlined already uh, when when we named him in the team of the season. So Juanma Delgado, I think, is the, the best player. It's unimaginative. I can only apologise. But I, I think, again, going back to kind of expectation in pre-season, uh, if you told me that Juanma was going to get 26 goals, he was going to score all types of goals, he was going to get some assists, he was just going to be a nuisance from like minute one of match one to minute 90 of match 42 I wouldn't have believed you so I think in terms of how much he surprised me like basically he's just a way better player than I thought <laughs> so um, well, if you if you told me he was going to be a nuisance from minute one of match one I would have <laughs> believed that <laughs> not that not that kind of nuisance a, fo- a footballing nuisance oh right yeah, yeah. Well, who's who's gone who's your because we, we can't say any more about Juanma he's been, been a, he's been a, immense hasn't he so who's your who's your pick this was quite hard because I, 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 when I'm, I'm looking at this kind of thing, I like to try. I tend to veer towards the midfielders because they, they, for me, they tend to have you know more impact at both ends of the pitch, right? Mm. And that's why last year I picked uh, Kawahara. Mm. And so this year I was tempted to go with Rei Hirakawa, mm. but Kumamoto, um, not not his fault, but they had a, a pretty poor year uh, in the league. So in the end, I went with um, Rio Sato, actually, mm. because because I think he was so important to Gumma's um, success this year. And, mm. and I, I think can't get overstated that every year Gumma's aim seemed to be just finish 20th mm. and avoid relegation. And then this year, with three weeks to go, they could have finished sixth. Um so yeah, I went with 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 your real Sato. Mm-hmm. No, I think that's fair enough. And again, it's always I really hate. Um, in all honesty, I hate giving these kind of gongs to individual players because <laughs> it, it's a it's a team it's a team sport, yeah. right? But I think we do have to pick people. in real Sato is a good shout. I think Gunma. Um, yeah, again, preseason there was I didn't. There's such a feel good vibe about them at the moment. Mm. Which you, I mean, they did their best to mess it up with their kind of rebranding, which I think is on ongoing. I think they're going to announce their kind of new new uniform is uh, being announced early January, and you know, obviously, the name is changing to uh, Thesper Gunma, isn't it? From next year, they're they're dropping the Kusatsu from from the oh, team name. Good. That makes it a bit easier to say. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so we, I think they they're kind of in in transition at the moment. Um, mm. I think obviously they're still hamstrung by poor kind of stadium infrastructure and, and low low crowds because it's a small market team. But um, mm. a, a, as much as you know, as much as you can generate a feel good factor around uh, Thespa Gunma as they now be called, I think they they mm. managed it. And Real Sato was was integral, wasn't he? So yeah, I think that's that's a big enough. Big enough. Your picks are a bit more. Um, you've gone down the league table a lot more, which I really appreciate. I've I've kind of concentrated on the top kind of seven or eight teams because again, I well, just find it really difficult to hand out individual awards to when the team hasn't performed particularly well. Do you know what I mean? 
Um, yeah, I've tricky. spent a lot more time watching towards... Uh, <laughs> well, that's kind of what I was trying to say without saying it, so I'm happy that you've, <laughs> I'm happy that you've come crashing in there on, on, on that. But um, yeah, we, we also, uh, James, to round off our, our uh, sort of season review uh, award show, if, if, if you want to... We should have um, worn bow ties and stuff and done this on well, YouTube. Well, I was, was going to say... Yeah. Um, I'm wearing one of those T-shirts with a tuxedo print on it. Ah, uh, okay, okay. Now, I'm assuming that you're wearing one of those suits like Lionel Messi wears to the Ballon d'Or Awards. Uh, no, I'm just wearing my usual pod hosting gear, like the uh, all-in-one Lycra bodysuit. Um, <laughs> but um, that's enough. That's probably enough of that um, talk. Yeah. But um, w- what about goal of the season, uh, James? Again, I'll go first if you like. I... Uh, I find this really difficult, mainly because I tend to forget each round as soon as it's finished. Yeah. Um, and I had to go back and, and look, but I still think, and I've gone for technique and ability, mm. but also the gravitas of the situation when I've okay. picked my goal. So Hikaru Nakahara's free kick mm. uh, with about eight minutes to go for Tokyo Verde at home to Tochigi in round mm. 41 uh, was my pick. Because I do think without that goal, maybe they wouldn't have ended up, um, you know, winning, uh, you know, getting getting into the playoffs the way they did. Uh, you know, getting third place, getting home advantage for all the playoff games. So, and, and that was just a perfect technique, um, which you do see. I'm a bit of a stickler for, you know, free kick goals are always good because scoring a free mm. kick is difficult, but I'm always hypercritical of like the wall or the goalkeeper, yeah. for example, um, just because I'm a sad man with nothing better to do. Um, but I think with this free kick, I've watched it a few times. I'm just not sure there's anything Kazuki Fuji's the goalkeeper could do. Um, it was just too good, and uh, so Hikaru Nakahara's free kick for Verdi against Tochigi is my, my goal of the season for J two. What, what about you? Yeah, this this was tricky for me. There were, I had two candidates. Oh, by the way, the one that the J League chose as their goal of the year is just such a poor choice. Is that the Inui the Inui one? Yeah. Well, it's not a bad. Person... It's not a bad goal to be fair. Yeah, but, but I agree yeah. with you. Oh, he, he picks it up. He gets the ball in his own half, and he dribbles to the edge of the opposition area and shoots into the top corner. But the only person who comes near him that he has to dribble round is the referee. You see, Kanazawa supporters never going to accept a goal that's had like no pressure on the ball for thirty seconds before it goes right. in. Yeah, okay, it's a good strike, but there was there was no there was no pressure from the defence at all. Anyway, I, I think I, I to I'll level you, I think I could hit the target from there. I'll be honest. I think I'd probably get tackled by the ref. <laughs> Um, anyway, so I, I had two, one of them, I, I was really tempted to go with a goal that Daisuke Suzuki scored, um, sort of in, in, later in the season where there'd been a corner for Jeff and it had been sort of cleared and then someone just hoofed it back in the area and he was there on the edge of the six yard box and he kind of, it came over his shoulder and he trapped it and then just volleyed it past the keeper from about six yards, which was good. But for me, it was, um, Goal scored by uh, Akira Silvano Dizaro. Mm. Shimizu, back on match day three, uh, away to Nagasaki, where I think he was standing on the left side of the D, and the ball came across from the right wing, and he chested it down and turned and volleyed off, off it with his laces, put his laces through it, volleyed it into the top right corner. That that was a really nice goal. Mm. I think that was also goal of the season on the J League Register Awards as well. Yes. Yes, a yeah. fine, a fine strike from the the bald eagle to to use yeah, his, who, his proper title. We didn't didn't get to see him that much really at Shimizu in the end of it. He left mid season. No, that's right. Sure so that's right. Did, yeah, yeah, but yeah, good good stuff from him. So uh, yeah, that was my choice. Design. Yeah, I, there was there was some really good goals, and I find um, 
you, you know that there were so many excellent sort of players this season and excellent goals. It's really difficult to choose. Um, so perhaps next year we can add in some kind of funny categories for like you know biggest strop or funniest uh, you yeah. know refereeing cock up or something. But um, yeah, I think any it, when it comes to goal of the season, there's always like three or four that I'd be happy with. I agree with you that he knew his one was like pretty bog standard. Um, so I'm not really sure. I think when the J League's official awards, they're kind of a bit of a bias towards like former national team players, right? Yeah, so I mean, I think you'd that's expect, why. surely you'd expect nothing less of a, a former international who was the, the the star Japan star player at mm. the World Cup before last mm. to be able to dribble through an empty pitch and score past the J2 goalie. Mm. And, like <laughs> yeah old, old man old man yells at cloud uh, vibes but yeah. I, I totally agree I, th- I think it was it was a good see the problem is when it, yeah if, if you're choosing like typically good goal of the season that might be in with a shout but we were looking for like best goal right so I, I don't yeah. think it was in that it shouldn't have been in that conversation for me but uh, anyway opinion opinions will vary uh, as uh, mm. as they do so uh, yeah no all sounds good to me uh, James thank, thank you for your contributions and uh, yeah thank you for going a bit further down the league table than uh, than 7th which is where I picked all my players from so. <laughs> James before we wrap up for this for this show we, we're just going to do a quick bit of kind of any other business so so principally kind of transfer transfer chat I think so are, are there any uh, kind of moves J2 transfer moves that you've had your eye on in the last few days or anything you wanted you wanted to mention on, on that front yeah, well, um, the biggest one for me is Tomoya Miki's left Jeff to go to Tokyo Verdi. Mm. And I'm surprised that he stayed at Jeff as long as he did, to be honest. I thought um, he, perhaps he would have moved on earlier and then he stayed another year. And I thought perhaps, oh, this would be the last year. He stayed again. And um, I think, yeah, I think a move to, to Verdi is good because I, I think, um, well, I hope that it will help Verdi do do well in their first year back in J1 um, for for a long time. Um, and I think also this year with, with Mickey, the first half of the year, I don't think he really produced much in terms of goals. And I, I think it might have been because he was playing in a slightly um, different midfield position. My impression was in previous seasons he'd been playing sort of just behind the strikers, mm. much more attacking. But it's, I think perhaps this year he was a bit further back linking play more between defence and attack, but I'm not sure if that's correct. Mm. But mm. he did still come, you know, in terms of goals, he came good towards the end of the year and, and he's still impressed. He played very well. Mm. And yeah, I, um, I'm i pleased he's got he's got a move to J1 and uh, I, th- I think it, it's it's not a surprise, but it's a surprise that it, it, it took this long, I guess. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, he's a very, uh, very Verdi-esque player, I think, mm-hmm. uh, in terms of how he tends to do a lot of his kind of busy work on the edge of the other team's penalty area, which yeah. is where Verdi seemed to have the ball more than pretty much any other team. Um, so I think he will fit in quite well with their system. Mm. How he'll adapt to J1 level is going to be fascinating because um, I think he does have the stuff and can do it, but it doesn't always work out when, when players step up. Um, your comments see have got we've got like a, a bin bag full of players from J two who just didn't just couldn't cope at all in J one this 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 year just finished so uh, but I think he he will have the benefit of I think he's going to walk into a system which is just tailor made for him um, you know the, the way that Verdi play under Joe Fuku so yeah interesting interesting signing and uh, sad to see him leave uh, J two obviously because I always enjoyed watching mm-hmm. him play but he's done um, well I think he'd done enough to earn his chance in the big time 
you know, twelve months ago. So we we can't really begrudge him moving moving now. I don't think. Mm. Yeah. Any, any other transfers caught your eye, James? Uh, well, you mentioned earlier about Thiago Alves leaving Yamagata, but De La Torre has also left Yamagata, which I'm surprised that they both gone. To be honest, um, because I mean, last year they were they were a big reason why Yamagata made it into the playoffs. Their late goals. Um, you know, last last 15 minutes plus stoppage time, they led the league. I think they were the top and second highest scorers within that time. Mm. This year, De La Torre struggled with injuries a bit, but still scored. Thiago Alves, I think, was it 13 goals this year? Yes. Which is very good. Yeah, I think they've both gone back to, or they've both gone to Brazil. Um, uh, yeah. Mm. So I'm surprised they've gone at the same time, but that's, that just suggests to me that perhaps... Um, uh, Yamagata are going to move in a slightly different direction. They've got mm-hmm. um, Susumu Watanabe's first uh, winter in charge, so perhaps he's going to he's going to want to go with uh, different um, mm-hmm. different attack. Mm-hmm. Which yeah, it's yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see what what he comes up with there. Yeah, I, I can meet you halfway on this. I'm I'm not as surprised about Della Torre because I don't think he's been mm-hmm. as effective this season. Uh, mm. For the injury, the injury problems that you've outlined, and uh, and, and yeah. age kind of kind of being a factor as well. Thiago Alves, of course, you just don't want to lose a player like that yeah. um, who scores a lot of goals and creates a lot of chances. So I think that that's an interesting one. Uh, I'm, with him, I'm surprised he didn't perhaps stay in Japan because he obviously, um, based on his mm. social media, he really likes it um, here. Mm. Uh, he was very happy. So perhaps he felt like he didn't want to play for another Japanese team because he's you know he's he's in love with uh, Yamagata or, or, or whatever. But I um, yeah, I'm surprised that he hasn't stuck around. And you know, going to Brazil seems like an interesting one. I'm I'm not sure. Um, I suppose he would be. Uh, maybe that would be a salary increase. I don't know. Um, but mm. yeah, fair plays. He certainly you know leaves with with everyone's best wishes at Yamagata. I'm sure. So I'm, yeah, I'm surprised that they're both leaving at the same time. But Delatore leaving is is not 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 too surprised. But I think that obviously mm. losing 13 goals is something that will take some take some replacing this this winter yeah. by by Yamagata. Perhaps Sir Jefferson Bayano's on the way in. You know, you never know. Um, well, I hope at least he's on the way out of Canazawa. But let's not, <laughs> let's not start on that. Yeah. Any, any uh, other any other transfers that have actually happened, James? Yeah. <laughs> Um, oh, I was surprised to see Kyle Cesar has left Nagasaki. He's mm. been there for three or four years now, hasn't he? Mm, yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, he was a big, a big part of them. But the main—it's not one transfer that stood out for me, but uh, uh, the gutting of Iwaki. Mm. From from just scrolling down this list, they've lost uh, Iwabuchi, Ieizumi, Arita, uh, a few more. Who else? Endo, Miyamoto. Um, I think their goalies have gone. They brought in a few, but that's mm. that is a significant chunk of their uh, of their probably their best starting eleven mm. that's gone. Mm. Yeah, it's kind of strong sort of Kumamoto from twelve months ago uh, yeah. vibe, isn't it? Of just players doing a bit too. They've done a bit too well, almost. Uh, yeah. You know, and, and got noticed a bit too much. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's going to be a difficult job. I mean, I mean, Iwaki is one of these teams where resource-wise, wages-wise, I think they will strengthen and, and have a good good go at kind of filling those those gaps. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it's hard not to imagine at the moment th- this is looking like it's going to be a you know that they are not at some point. I expect Iwaki to break into like top half of J two uh, yeah. and sooner rather than later. But looking at how many players they've lost already, where are we mid December? It's hard to see that being next season now. 
Um, yeah, and uh, perhaps I'm expecting maybe similar will happen at Fujieda as well. To be honest, I know not much news coming out of there there just yet, but um, they're another team. I think mm-hmm. they've done. If you'd finish like 18th, 19th, I think you'd get away with it, mm-hmm. and play maybe bigger clubs wouldn't be wouldn't be as interested in your 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 your, your players. But I think if you're, you're 12th, 13th, 14th. Um, yeah, people are going to sit up and take notice. So, um, yeah, bad, bad news for, for it. It's difficult, isn't it? It's bad news on the one hand, but it's also vindication for those players and the job that you're doing at your club. Um, when, when other, yeah. other teams want your players. So I think you can see it either way. And, uh, yeah, hopefully they'll be able to replace, replace those players and, um, and, and kick on for next year. But I, I think, yeah, losing, it's always difficult when you lose like four or five first team regulars at once. You know, you lose half the, the, the first team. Um, yeah. it's very difficult to, um, to, 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 to fill all those gaps in one in one transfer window I think so um, yeah no we'll we'll see we'll see but yeah bad uh, yeah bad it's like a fire sale at Iwaki at the moment but I'm sure they'll they'll recover um, any other business James for, for this part? Um, we, that's oh, all. the only one, one more last one is um, Kazuki Fujita is it Kazuki? Fujita yes. who was goal at Tochigi um, and I know you rate him quite highly he was quite an impressive uh, performer in a in a good a good sort of defensive set up at Tochigi he's lo- he was on loan from Niigata he's gone back to them and then been sent out on loan to Jeff mm-hmm. yeah yeah I don't, there's no way through at Niigata at the moment is there with uh, Kojima uh, in, in the nets there so um, yeah I, I think that's interesting I wonder if Jeff what that means for Shota Arai um, I should think he's probably um, going to be third choice or retiring mm, interesting interesting he lost his place didn't he midway through the season uh, that's right yes and yes. I can't remember the name of the guy who... Is it Ryo, who, Ryota, Ryota Suzuki? Yeah. Uh, instead, yeah. Mm. Um, and he played really well. Mm. Um, so I, yeah, I, I would imagine that um, Suzuki and Fujita are going to be battling it out for... Well, if, if Suzuki's staying, they'll mm. be the battling for, for starts. Speak, speaking of uh, Tochigi, I wonder if this means that Shuhei Kawata will be the number one again uh, mm. for next season. Because I actually really rate him as well, I think I think Tochigi have been blessed with with good goalkeepers in the last few years, and I think to be honest, if you're Tochigi, good goalkeepers like an absolute must. Like you're not going to get away yeah. with not having a good keeper, um, yeah. at, at Tochigi. So I think Shuhei Kawata, he is at the age where he probably needs to be first choice, mm-hmm. um, and he does. He's he's not without uh, incident. You know, he he does have the he does have a mistake <laughs> or two in him. But um, I, I'm kind of curious to see. I would like it if he was given the nod to start as the number one next season because I think he. Um, He's definitely worth worth giving it giving him a chance as number one. But I'm, I'm sure they will sign additional goalkeepers as well. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think we, we might be seeing more from from Shuhei Kawata and, uh, at Tochigi next year, perhaps. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, uh, on that note, James, I think that the listeners have perhaps seen or heard too much from us. Mm. Uh, for this week, so we uh, uh, we'll leave it there if that's okay. I think it look, looks like lunchtime to me, so, um, so yeah. we, we should probably uh, we should probably pause and take on take on some uh, some carbs uh, and mm-hmm. uh, and other food food groups. Um, James, thanks so much for talking. I think we we covered a good range of uh, topics. We have got Kofu uh, progressing in the ACL uh, against all the odds, and our team of the season chat and some transfer news as well. Um, I think that's a pretty good uh, pre- pretty good deal uh, for for all involved. So uh, thank thanks for joining me. It's a, it's a pleasure. Sorry we were late recording uh, this uh, this time, but uh, thank thanks for hanging around for it. 
No, it's all right. Well, uh, I think at least one of those uh, requests for rescheduling was from me. So uh, thanks to you as well mm-hmm. for your understanding. Mm-hmm. So re- re- real talk, James, when you said that you were too tired uh, to, to, to record last Thursday, I almost cried with relief because I was in a similar similar <laughs> boat. La- la- last, last week at work was very, very, uh, very, very trying for both of us, wasn't it? For, for, for various mm-hmm. reasons. So uh, yeah, no, we, we recorded now and that's good. Um, we'll leave it here for this week, but I think the next time we record is going to be our kind of team by team season review you pod uh, time isn't it James so please look out for that That, that'll be coming up uh, in a week or so's time with part one of our big J2 team by team season review but thanks as always for listening and downloading the pod and if you support us uh, and the big J Talk podcast on Patreon we we really appreciate that too so uh, thanks a lot Uh, no J Talk short corner this week Uh, Mike is uh, on a well earned uh, holiday after a a long long old season in the third tier so that's all from J Talk uh, and J Tech for this week but uh, yeah please stay tuned Uh, we'll be back soon with some uh, season previews but uh, yeah enjoy your holidays uh, and we'll talk Talk to you soon. Bye for now.